Welcome to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. Welcome to our inaugural podcast, and what person more appropriate than uh, this gentleman, who I'm about to introduce to you guys, to be the first star of the first Cloud and Clear podcast. Um, welcome, Dana Berg. Thank you very much, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited that I get the first uh, first crack at this. Hey, as our COO, I think it's only appropriate. Well, all right. Well, I'll remember you said that. Yeah, That's good. True. I, I love it. I love it. So you've been here just over a year, and uh, you know I think it's been uh, a tremendous journey. If I look back at how much we accomplished in this one year, it's it's almost daunting. It's almost unbelievable. But uh, I think it's a good time to take an opportunity to reflect. You know, this is uh, this is for the ecosystem, right? This is for the world that gives them a lens into what's going on in the world of Google Cloud and Tassada and what we're seeing. And, and I think as a COO, you also bring a, a unique lens into that, um, into that world. But, you know, mm -hmm. for you to look back, um, sometimes it feels like it's been 10 years. Sometimes it feels like it's only been two months. And I think it's a combination of how fast we're moving and also how much we've achieved and the working cadence and relationship that you and I have. I've developed also it seems like we've known each other forever uh, but going back you know your profile one of the things that we loved even before we got to know you is and what we feel like we needed and the industry needed is you know you have this sort of enterprise background coming from proficient and Hitachi and we saw the enterprise starting to embrace these technologies and demand more of us and more of Google. But, you know, you're very successful at Hitachi Consulting. So, um, what made you ultimately choose to take this role at SADA? Well, you're right. It has been a busy year. And, uh, you know, Happy to talk through some of the, the fun it's been. I remember being in your kitchen a little over a year ago, uh, and you were articulating to me uh, all the things that we were going to try to achieve together. And I only believed probably about 20% of that, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> no, I, I kid. Uh, uh, in fact, the opposite is true. Uh, I think you actually undersold, in large part, what in fact we've accomplished in the last 12 months. And so to answer your question, you know, why in fact uh, was I excited to leave a larger, more you know, prominent kind of enterprise kind of orientation and come back to um, you know, an organization like SADA was I think you know, indicative of, of what I was hoping to achieve, which is a a, a, a a reconnection of largely my personal passion. Uh, uh, it's always great, and I always tell you know my team members this too. When you can marry something that you just love, that you're passionate about, that you think about, not because someone's telling you, but because you want to, and 
the output and the benefits of that effort translates into rewarding feelings, both professionally but also personally. That was the promise that I think we talked about in your kitchen well over a year, a little well over a year ago. And um, you know, I think you know, obviously you're you're sometimes skeptical because you don't necessarily know the environment quite yet. But you do your homework. I think you and I obviously had a great relationship right off the bat. But getting in here uh, immediately and seeing uh, what we had in store and getting to know the people and ultimately getting to know our customers and understanding kind of what's behind you know, uh, the, the Sada brand and seeing our secret sauce and feeling the energy and the, and the momentum and the, and the passion. Uh, I can you know, safely say with profound authority that the, the hope around coming into Sada and finding that passion again, which felt like largely I haven't seen in, since my you know, early 20s, mid 20s, which I won't tell you how long ago that was. <laughs> Uh, has been uh, amazing. I, I feel as if uh, there's been a, a little bit of a spark in youth, and, and I think uh, I think everybody feels it around uh, around here. So it's been it's been it's been a it's been a fun, wonderful, wonderful experience. It's interesting for me to, especially with key sort of strategic hires, executive hires. You know, I feel this tremendous amount of responsibility to pursue the best people that we can, to get the best people for a particular job to come to SADA. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know I'm taking them away for something else that they're super successful in. Yeah. That they're, uh, you know, have this, you know, we're generally not seeking people that are sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> in these roles we're trying to get people that right. are super successful somewhere doing something else so we try and I think lately and we've been had a really good run where we are pulling in the right people with the right culture fit and totally I feel that uh, I'm humbled by the type of people that want to come here and the caliber of people that want to come here but uh, I feel such a profound level of responsibility to make sure that it's right so that uh, I am under promising. Yeah. Even though I, you know, I, I I pump up this place a lot, and I pump up the ecosystem a lot. Oh, 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 believe me, I, I, I follow you, I follow you on LinkedIn. I, I know. It, <laughs> I, I know you do. I am actually starting to do the same. I love that game. I like to lead by example. It's great. It's 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 awesome. Well, hey, you know, I think you know the you know talk is cheap, though. I think at the end of the day, there's a um, you know, I think there's, 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 there's power in what becomes readily evident by virtue of word of mouth, by virtue of the brand. The brand is taking on uh, a life of its own in large part, which is great. That doesn't happen just by virtue of what you say. Um, and obviously the brand in the last 12 months has, has, has changed, uh, evolved, I think in a lot of ways have gotten significantly better and you know as a result of of that you know i think there's just a natural gravitational pull to want to be a part of some good things that are happening 
and the good things that are happening don't necessarily and aren't related to the P&L and the bottom line and the, and, the, and the profitability and the things that we look at in spreadsheets, that's not what's gravitating, you know, bringing people into the organization when we talk to them. It's, it's the part of being, it's, it's, it's the pull of being part of something that's really game-changing. I think we're in a category of one in so many different ways. Uh, and, and it takes a lot of responsibility and it's a big crown to bear to have to stay in that position and reinvent yourself, not every quarter, but almost every day. And I think people have embraced that, see that. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, people want to be a part of it. Yeah. The right people want to be a part of something like that. Not everybody. It's true. No, it's, it's, uh, I, th- I think part of the excitement is, the ecosystem that we play in and especially what's happened in the last several months. But I remember at the final stages of offer and decision and I was so uh, tentative on how I tell you this or when I tell you this because <laughs> <laughs> obviously it was confidential and, and also, you know, uh, something that was a big deal. <laughs> But I remember, I remember, you know, I told you at some point, very, very close to the finish line, I was like, hey, by the way, just to let you know, we're making a big move such, such that we're only going to focus on the Google Cloud ecosystem, yeah. on Google Cloud. Coming from a guy that has historically built his career in the Microsoft ecosystem. Right, exactly. Or coming... Me, be, me being the one that has built this career on that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you were, you, you had, you know, you were in your interview with your Microsoft Surface and you know, OneDrive <laughs> with a PowerPoint presentation. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> I'm kind of hesitant to tell you, but I was totally surprised by your reaction <laughs> in a positive way. Like there was not yeah. even a question. You were like, yeah. of, you're like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, of course, that makes all the sense. Yeah, but like, can you explain yeah. that? And obviously, you learned a lot in the last year, but you had this orientation before you took the job. Why Google Cloud? Why yeah. Is well, I think there's two parts to that answer. I think there's, I think the, the before talking about the merits around Google and and why we and and we both have such conviction in that and why that's been so great. I think stepping that up a little bit. Why did I feel so encouraged by that? Um, You know, having worked at large organizations that are going to market with uh, various degrees of specialty and trying to uh, build a practice for this and a practice for that and a practice for this and a practice for that, uh, you you find yourself constantly trying to find which road you're taking and which one you want to be in, and and you try to claim outbound to your customers that you are, quote unquote, that that trusted advisor that you know that does not have necessarily any type of real horse in this game. But we're going to guide you, we're going to show you, and we're going to tell you what we agnostically feel is right. And that's a that's something that. A lot of the you know organizations that I've had the pleasure of working with, and I'm not trying to speak negatively about that business model because there are merits in that to some extent, but 
are you really a trusted advisor? you know, you still have to have a portfolio full of numerous amounts. And where do you stop? You know, is two clouds enough? Is three clouds enough to where you now can say you're truly an agnostic trusted advisor? No. Maybe you need four. Maybe you need five. Maybe you need six. Like, so ultimately you get to a stance and an approach to where you think, well, listen, you know, we say that, we walk that, we say what we're trying to do, but you really you're not. You've got a backing in some orientation, you've got a horse in this, and that's okay, but what, 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 what the problem is is when you go to market and you try to deliver, naturally you build a workforce that has to try and accommodate for all of those various things, and you get to a motion having led many organizations to where you get only so far in terms of depth in terms of your specialty, uh, because you are trying to go so wide, and 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 then you find, you know, truthfully, you're you're overextended, you're over your skis, and 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 the message becomes, you know, unclear, and not only your outbound-facing message, but your inward-facing message as to where your conviction is and where your focus is, um, and so. Before even talking about the merits of you know, Google in terms of why we've selected that, I think philosophically the model around having a strategy that is so pure, so simple, so focused, uh, there's a beauty in it. A beauty in it to where you can develop strategies, growth plans, you can develop truly deep, innovative, strong services that go so far into what our customers are needing when they are looking to adapt and, 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 and bring on and innovate on top of Google that truthfully no one can do if they don't have such a posture like we have. And it pays so many dividends, not only outbound, but inbound as well, because of how now I can hire and build and develop my staff and my people. And, you know, I look to the COOs and a lot of my colleagues that are in similar roles that are trying to develop their strategy and to develop what they're going to do next quarter and next six months, next 12 months. And I'm not saying that you and I don't sit in a room all the time and try to tweak our strategy and make adjustments, but we're not trying to select a road every single quarter. We're trying to adjust maybe which lane we drive in on that road, but my colleagues are trying to they're trying to figure out with their GPS in hand, where are they going north, are they going south, are they going east, or west? I think there's power in having conviction and focus, and that power translates into ultimately at the end of the day, just the elite forces of strong, dedicated, focused, and our customers know who we are now. They know who we're not, they know who we are, and I love being able to look you know, CIOs, you know, head, you know, eyes in a steering committee meeting or at dinner, and and be able to look at him and say, you know, what we're offering, you yeah. know, what we can provide. That's right. And and there's a there's a there's a bit of authenticity to that that I have fallen in love with, and I loved it when you told me because I don't know if I truly understood how that would benefit over time. 
but that's why we were so po passionate over the first you know nine months to, to transact and get that deal done right. and now having now lived in the post world um, you know I can't imagine going back I can't imagine <laughs> living in that world again yeah it's uh, we had I think maybe four weeks where we felt like we had all this you know off of our plate we're we're doing three things kind of full-time. We're running a Microsoft business, a Google business, and running a sale process. Yeah. Over, all of a sudden, March 4th, two of the three things are off our plate. We're like, ah. We're going to have all this time. We have all this time. <laughs> now. It, why did it do that? Why did we're, <laughs> it didn't last long. We're not once to rest on our laurels. A lot of my friends were like, congratulations on your exit. I'm like, thanks. I woke up and made a list of 18 things I've been waiting to do. Oh, yeah. And off and running. But no, the, the clarity thing is... It's true. I think uh, when you look at, you know, Miles Ward coming on board as our CTO, like, would, would Miles have come if we were agnostic? You know, would that, or how do you get the best CTO if you're agnostic, right? I, we did consider that path. We did consider, hey, we pick up, you know, AWS, we pick up some Salesforce, and we do all these things. But what I know is that time is limited, resources are limited. And if you intend to be the best in the world at something, best in class, choose what you're going to focus on, have your niche, and become the best in the world at that. And choose the right niche is very important. Choose the right niche. And that's the second part of this is, you know, it wasn't an easy decision for you to make that choice, right? And for us to understand and, and have finally make that one day where you say I'm going to do this uh, and there's reasons for that there's a lot of very valid reasons for that and you know, obviously we're you know coming up on a 20-year history we've had a lot of great deal of success um, but to then pivot so strongly into a completely different model you got to have some you got to have some strong conviction in that you're making the right choice and I know you and I know those reasons as to why we feel so bold in this because you know the the, the posture of, of Google in the marketplace and you know beginning in corporate moving up into enterprise doing a lot more things that they're doing we see it on how fundamentally differently they approach the market and where we see this market going and you know we always talk about you and I in our teams, like be the disruptor, be the disruptor of the services business, be the disruptor in client, you know, engagements, you know, and, and how can we be so disruptive in, in the world that we play and what better horse to tire wagon to, to arguably the biggest disruptor of all time who continues to bring things to market that we believe are going to blow up and disrupt. And so it models and matches all the pillars and beliefs that we have. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, look, we, we, we went, went down this path of the sales process way before even TK came on board at Google Cloud, way before Rob Ensler came, came on board. But one thing, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do for, you know, 20 years, I think, uh, is have, have a good lens on where the, where the puck is going, you know, as Wayne, mm -hmm. Wayne Gretzky would say. And I, 
And we do have this affinity towards the types of projects and the types of work and the types of choices that our customers are making that are by nature transformational. And um, choosing Google is not the uh, just sort of like the default slash inertia. Uh, it's not the easiest choice, meaning uh, it's not the incumbent. Right. And so um, when somebody makes the decision to go Google, they're making a statement that is very bold. And that statement is, we are going to transform our organization meaningfully and purposefully. Whether it's we're going to transform the way people work together, it's sort of people workforce transformation, or it's we're going to completely transform the way that we serve our own customers, go to market, build applications, release our own services to our customers. And it's deliberate. Yeah, and it really is. I, I do have to say I enjoy that. Like nobody, nobody goes Google to maintain the status quo. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And I like that. Uh, the, yeah, they have their own. They have their own conviction, and they have their own aspirations to um, lead the charge, lead the way. Um, they're visionaries, I think, in a lot in 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 in, in a lot of respects. Uh, and I just love those people that we work with in our customer base too. It's a different customer base we've seen, right? Um, culturally different. Yes. Culturally different. Uh, it, you know, I, I think I said this in the place I was talking last week, but you know, you know, oftentimes we used to sell to the hearts and minds of the executives, and that would just have to be forced down. We we we're finding ourselves not generally doing that way. We're we're finding ourselves selling by virtue of the grassroots efforts moving it up. Um, and for those that are doing that, they're seeing and they're doing in that and they're doing it based off of what they perceive as the true innovation and value for their own jobs and for their own capabilities within the solutions that they control inside their organizations. And so love, I love, the, I love that, that touch point with those, those customers and, and, that, and at that level. So... Good stuff. So one of the reasons you're brought on board is delivery excellence. I think not just delivery and the things that we have been doing, but in areas that are so completely brand new, there are no playbooks, there are no blueprints, there aren't any breadcrumbs. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, and we've learned a lot ourselves, you know, in the last year especially. But we enjoy being tip of the spear. Um, we enjoy experimentation, you know, alongside with Google and how they're learning, you know, as well. What would you say is different? Or what does delivery excellence mean when you're deploying... G Suite or a Google Cloud project on GCP for a, for a complex, uh, high stakes uh, project or customer. What does that look like? 
Well, I think, I think for starters, kind of core to what we preach so heavily around here is that, you know, we are trying to establish something different in what we do. And, and, and different means evaluating success in a non-traditional way than what we've been trained, particularly guys like me who've come in through the ranks of all these other big places. Um, you know, success on these long-term engagements through the eyes of SADA and through our teams here and my practice leads and my project managers and, and all the folks that are in customer success and whatnot is the longevity and the long-standing value that they get, not just from what occurs in a three-month time and materials project where we get assigned on a deal, we deliver something, there's a celebration dinner, we disband, or, and then whoever was running that project goes off and does something, something else. The nature of what we're doing is, and it's both on G Suite as well as in GCP, they're making these fundamental choices that transfer and change the way that they do business, not just for that period of time or that project, but they're doing it for many, many, many years. What's, what's interesting, and then as how we've had now had to anchor and change, is how do we ourselves at SADA now, in light of this new paradigm, measure our own success? Well. In a lot of places, not naming names, um, they, they, they measure success based off of what's called utilization, right? I, I, I was watching my kids play Fortnite and Minecraft the other day, and I don't know if you've ever played those games, but they, they walk around on the screen and, and you can see the other players like in the worlds and they've got like these little avatars over their, yeah. their head, right? You know, I've been in places where, and customers know this, where the consultants that walk around in the halls or whatnot, they have a little avatar overhead and it's their utilization present, uh, percentage that they have. And that's the amount of billable hours that they've spent on, you know, for the last quarter, the last year, you know, you know, in their environment. And, and it's a big metric for what they claim to be, you know, value to the customer. Basically, how much they've, they've charged and like how much it's... Stack rank. Stack rank, right. Yeah, they stack rank their people based off of kind of that... That, that, that Fortnite avatar, <laughs> you know, you know, what's interesting is, you know, if I go outside of this room right now and I grab Kelly or if I grab Christina um, and I say, hey, what's your utilization this quarter? There's no way in the world they'd know. <laughs> they wouldn't even know. <laughs> uh, and, and, and there's a reason for that is because we don't, we don't see the measurement of value by virtue of um, how many hours we're we're quote unquote in a formal capacity billing to our customers because we don't believe philosophically in our relationship with them being on a project by project basis. Our value comes in long-term engagement, well-connected over the test of time where customers are here with us for the lifetime of their relationship with us and with Google. And so we value, we value things like, um, you know, growth uh, of their footprint of the innovative things that they've started and, and, and have they gone stagnant or are we in fact growing that? 
and we measure based off of those types of attributes. We measure based off of retention. We measure based off, based off of that and, 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 and technical account management and the surround strategy that we provide into our customers so that you know, even when our project teams you know, leave, they're, they're virtually handed off to another set where the relationship is just getting started. One of my favorite sayings on a project closeout when we're finishing a delivery exercise is telling the sponsors, thanks for the great project, but our relationship has just now started. That's right. You know, and, and so I think, I think you know, success for us in those large accounts, in these big you know, relationships, is that the customer sees lifelong value in what we deliver, but they see also lifetime value in us well integrated into that in a way that's not just rate times hour times billable resource. It's very well put. I think that supports very much this new world of cloud economics, consumption economics, um, these big waterfall projects based on some massive software purchase that a customer made that they're stuck with, you know, that doesn't really exist anymore in practical terms. And I think we're uh, all challenged with new um, services models um, to help support that. Yeah. And, and I think even the largest enterprises are moving towards wanting to engage in partnerships on those terms as opposed to big body shop engagements or big outsourcing engagements, I think. Yeah. That whole world is changing. We want to, again, we run a business and we are certainly aiming to, to run a healthy, strong business. Our customers want that too, to be honest. But what better way to you know, make the core of our business reflective of that growth and success when we tie that back to very easily the growth and the success and the value that's being achieved every single month and every single year with our customers. I love the simplicity. I love the alignment. Um, I love being able to applaud in the things that they're applauding at the same time we are. And it creates great synergy. And uh, it's completely refreshing. I remember being on that side of the table as a customer for many years. And um, I would have loved models like this. And you know, it's the age that we live in and, you know, it's time to be a disruptor, man. We got to do it. I love that. I think it's a great point to end this first podcast on, first inaugural podcast. Thanks. I feel so special. You are special. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining me, brother. All right, buddy. Thank you. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. 